Hello, my five faithful listeners and two or three sometimes listeners. Welcome to the Run of the Mills podcast in the Roman Through Romans uh, series of uh, lessons on the Book of Romans. So I hope you've been blessed by this. I certainly have. And you know what? If that's all that comes out of this is that I'm blessed, well, that's not a total waste. So uh, anyway, hopefully you've been blessed by this. Hope you've been encouraged and challenged. And um, my my big hope, I guess, is that you've really, through this, kind of come to grasp the totality of the book of Romans, uh, the, the major themes, what's happening chapter by chapter, you know, as we've gone through it, you know, chapter one with that great statement that Paul makes about, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God, to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. And then, um, you know, that's really the, what he's talking about. It's, uh, the, the power of God to salvation. Well, we talk about salvation. Well, there's a few things to go on with that. Well, who needs to be saved? Well, you remember that he talks about that in the first three chapters, coming to that final conclusion in chapter three, that who needs to be saved? Well, everybody. Everybody needs to be saved. And then chapter four talks about how Abraham was justified by faith and how we too are justified by faith. And that there is that, that uh, righteousness that that uh, comes apart from the law and that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And that, as verse 23 says, was not written for his sake alone, but that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. And, uh, and then chapter 5. Uh, talking about, uh, remember how Jesus could die for us, dying in our place, um, and comparing that the first Adam to the last Adam, comparing how sin entered the world through one man so that sin could be removed by one man, dealing with the whole issue of um, being saved from the penalty of sin. Then chapter 6 uh, has, that, has that question of, Shall we continue to, to sin that grace should abound? Well, certainly not. And he kind of has that great section about not using your your instruments for sin, but um, but using your instruments for righteousness, um, not letting sin reign in your mortal body that you may obey it in its lusts, uh, but, prepent, prepare, but present your members as instruments of um and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law, but under grace. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, you're not under the law anymore. You're under grace. So with a totally new way of walking. So does that mean we should just continue in sin or because we're, or can we just continue to, to sin because we're not under the law. And of course he says, no, because that leads to sin, um, slavery, shame, and death. You know, chapter seven, talking about being freed from the law and uh, and how the, the, the problem of the law, that the law is perfect and we're not. And then chapter eight, when we talk about the great um, statement that starts off with that there is now no condemnation to those who are Christ Jesus. You do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And so, I have that great chapter about walking in the spirit and not walking according to the flesh. And then we got chapters nine and 10 talking about 
uh, Israel's past and present, and then we talked about chapter 11, Israel's future. And what we talked about last time, again, was about the faithful remnant, that God has not cast away his people, certainly not, because Paul was an Israelite, and God has, throughout history, had a faithful remnant, had those people that even though maybe the majority of the nation of Israel had rejected him, there were always that portion that had been faithful. Always that faithful remnant. Even, you know, think about um, the, the people of Israel coming to the promised land when they God takes them to the promised land, which I always thought was kind of funny because it's called the, the promised land, not the you might get it if you're nice land. It's the promised land, and yet most of the people don't want to go in. They don't believe. And so because of unbelief, they don't enter in. But there was a faithful remnant. Remember, there was Joshua and Caleb who who believed. And so it's just a, one of those things that he's pointing out that that time and again, God's people reject him, and yet there is a faithful remnant. So last time we ended where he said this, he said in verse 5, Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And so we didn't really talk about grace last time, but he's going to talk about it here. And uh, the Greek word is charis, um, meaning undeserved favor, um, a free gift, like as opposed to a gift that's not free. Uh, so, you know, a gift, a free, freely given. Um, and it says in verse 6, And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But as if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work, which is kind of a really confusing statement. Um, if, but basically what he's saying is this. Grace is freely given. It is given of God freely. It is not deserved. It's not earned. It is not owed. And sometimes people misunderstand this and they think that God is being unfair if God demonstrates more grace to one person than to another. If God shows abundant grace to a certain group of people and not to another, they think, well, that's not fair. But I think the thing that they, they don't understand is fairness is is like getting what you deserve, right? It's That's fair. That's fair. I worked. I should get my payment. That's fair. Um, that's a fair thing. Um, some people would... would um, talk about fair more in the idea of equity that everybody gets the same thing and there's a lot of talk of equity currently but equity doesn't work because um, as much as we like to say everyone is equal we're not all the same we're not all we might all have the same equal rights but we're not all equally gifted we're not all uh, equally um, uh, another, we're not all equally um, Well, to say, I just said gifted, so I'm just going to stick with that because my brain's like working on 50% at the moment, apparently. So I can only think of half of the things I was going to say. So anyway, um, this is one of the things I think a lot of times people get mixed up because they start thinking God needs to act with this this modern equity. Um, but we see already, he's talked about that, that he, he, he doesn't. And God can show grace to who he wants to show grace because he's the one giving the gifts. And God doesn't give everyone the same gifts. Uh, that's just the way he works. He treats us individually because we're individuals. And so, um, there, oh, I should say this. There's certain grace, of course, that has been offered to all of us. He didn't offer Jesus to some people. He didn't offer forgiveness to some people. 
he offered it to all who would receive him. So with that in mind, again, the point he's making is that grace is free. Otherwise, it's not grace. If you work for it, it's not grace. If you start if you start dealing with God on the basis of what you've done, you, you've stepped out of dealing in, in with God and be walking in his grace. Rather than saying, like, God, you are good. You have blessed me with more than I and abundantly beyond what I ever could hope, deserve, or imagine. And um, I'm coming to you with my needs today. I'm coming to you with my desires today. I'm coming to you with my with my hopes and my dreams. I'm coming to you with my prayers today. I'm laying these things down saying, God, this is my desire. Um, and you're just coming to him based on who he is because he's a God full of grace and full of wisdom and, and knowledge. And, and you come to him based on who he is and on your right standing with him through Jesus. If you come to him and say, look, I've been going to church every week and I've been, you know, I've attended Bible study five weeks in a row. Why don't I have a girlfriend? I've been reading my Bible every day for a year. How come I don't have a better job? You know, the, the, what you're saying is I've done this. So how come I have not been paid better? And his point here is, look, um, if it's by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, the grace is no longer grace. When you start dealing with God based on your worthiness, um, it's no longer grace. You're no longer dealing with God on a basis of grace, but on, on the basis of works. And we've already read that there's no one righteous, no, not one. And we come to God based on our own qualifications, but we're in big trouble. You know, when you pound your, you know, your fist and you say, God, give me what you deserve, look out because... Uh, if you read the Bible, what you deserve is not very good. In fact, you really don't want what you deserve. And that's the beautiful thing of grace is grace is getting what you don't deserve. It's not an earned uh, thing. What, what does the Bible say? It says the wages of sin is death, right? Wages are what you earn. You do the work, that's what you get. The wages of sin is death. Now we all sin, so we go, uh-oh, that's trouble. But the great thing is the next part of the verse is, but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, uh, hey, that's, a, that's the gift. The grace is the free gift, and we don't come to him based on our own deeds, which is good news because if you have failed, if you have fallen short, if you have not been doing the things that you think you should, you can still come to him because you're not coming based on who you are, but on what he's done and who he is. You're coming to him through your savior, Jesus Christ. And so it's not like I haven't prayed enough. I haven't done enough studying. I haven't been worshiping enough. I haven't been treating people well enough. No, you can just come. You can just come to him and say, God, you, you know who I am. You know, you know what I've done. Here I am. I'm not coming to you based on what I've done, coming, asking for what I deserve. I'm just coming asking for grace. And uh, the great thing is God's grace is abundant. God bless you. Have a great day.